but I remember my lowest uh, test score. It came in college as I was shifting from one major to the next. Who's, who, adults in the room, who, who changed their majors? You went to college and changed? Okay, for teenagers, please, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. Teenagers, look at this, look at this. When you go to college, you don't have to figure it all out before you go, all right? You're going to go, I thought I was going to do graphic design, and then um, I, it was not graphic design. I, I, was, I, was, I liked art, and I liked computers, but the two together, just not, not what I was going to do. So I decided, well, I like computers, and there's money involved with uh, computer science, and there's a lot of job openings, and the, the market looks bright uh, for computer science. So I did it. I liked it, and, and I, was, I was good, except for when I first started. Uh, computer science, to me, you're learning a brand new language, and I thought I could just coast. And I took the first test, uh, realized when I had got to take the test that I didn't know what I was doing, and I got a big fat F on this thing, and I failed my first computer science test. And I learned later that that is, was on purpose, that there was more to the story behind the test. And in many ways for that department and that program, uh, Computer Science 101 was a weeding out uh, course. It was meant to be hard, it was meant to be tough, it was meant to press you because they wanted to see who's really in this thing and who's not. And I got the worst grade that I ever received, but I really liked it. I just knew I'm going to have to work my butt off to get it. And I went after it, and, I, and it actually was one of the best things that happened to me was, was failing that test. And so um, someone put a 28 out of 100 on, a, on, a, on, a, uh, on, on their score. I don't know what that was for. But um, test, typically, there is more to it. Than, than what we see on, on the surface. And so for today, we're going to be um, going to school, the school of faith. We're going to be looking at Abraham in a test that he went through. So if you have your Bibles, turn it open to Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22, and we're going to go through one through four. Now, last week, we talked about waiting. We're in a series where we're talking about unchained faith, and we're talking about different aspects of faith. And last week we talked about Abraham had the wait. God gave him a promise, but he had to wait for that promise to be fulfilled for years. And we talked about being in a waiting season. Today we're going to be talking about getting tested. We're going to hang out here for a couple of weeks with, with Abraham. But starting in verse 1, uh, this is kind of a long passage, so hang with me. And that was awesome dramatic music to join along with us. Um, that was kind of scary. Um, all right, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. All right, so here we are. Does God test your faith? Yes, he will. He's going to test it. Um, he's not going to tempt you. Uh, he's going to test it, okay? Just a simple definition of, of temptation. Satan will tempt you, and that is meant to destroy you. God will test you, and it is meant to develop you, all right? So he's testing Abraham. And uh, Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. All right, I could just go mic drop right there. If you guys would just learn that right there, yes, Lord, here I am, we would be in great shape. Uh, but we're going to keep going. Uh, Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Uh, go and sacrifice him on a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. 
he saddled his donkey and his two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. When he chopped wood for, for a fire for a burnt offering, and he set out to the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? Huh? <laughs> uh, come on, what, what, what's happening here? He's getting a little bit nervous. So God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. And when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. There he is again saying that. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God, and you will not be withheld, or you have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket, and, and so he took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham named the place uh, Yahweh Jireh, or Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Let's pray together. God, I, I thank you for today. Um, tests that come our way, uh, there's more to the story. Uh, oftentimes on the surface level, we can really throw us in a, in a wrinkle to know what are you doing, God? This does not make any sense. It almost seems backwards. Yet we know that you are faithful. We know that you are good, that you are a loving God. And so even though we don't see it today, I, I, I pray that uh, we are able to see your love and that you are someone who we can trust and, and move, move forward with and take next steps of faith with together, even though on the surface sometimes it can be uh, absolutely backwards. So Holy Spirit, be in this place. Like, do what only you can do. Speak to us in these moments. Show us. Show us, because we're being tested right now, and, and we're struggling with some things right now. And, and we need some hope, but we need a next step. And I pray that you would show it to us in these moments. Amen. Amen. Tests. These are not fun things to go through. This one here, probably one of the hardest ones. There's a lot going on here theologically, and we're going to kind of hang out here for, for two weeks um, on, on this subject. I decided, I was like, you know what? I had a lot to say. Let's make it a two-parter and, and kind of dive into this. It's, it's a tough one but I want us to see where we can move forward and take next steps. Uh, sometimes you're doing something for God, and you're like, I'm, I'm on your team, God. I'm on team God, but yet you're going through a, a hard time. Uh, I kind of think about summer camp when I used to be a youth pastor, and I would take teenagers to summer camp, and it was a fun time. I'm on your team, but also going to summer camp, you had 
late nights, awkward sleeping conditions where you would be bunking with a group of teenagers that smell really bad. But then you're usually, there's another church and they're teenagers and there's like a gentleman who you just met like 10 minutes ago and he's just snoring like crazy and you got to like poke him and nudge him to say, dude, I'm trying to sleep, man. I cannot get any sleep and uh, all those sorts of things. My summer camp experience, we, uh, we went to um, a, a, uh, a place where it wasn't necessarily the best conditions. Um, Anthony, you, you, you went on some of those trips where we, 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 the, the floorboards, you could actually see un, un, through the cracks of the floorboard and you could actually see through the cracks of, of the wall. Like one night, one kid got sick and they had this tarp that was over the, the wall just in case it rained. But he literally just opened up the, the tarp and just threw up outside. He got, he got sick and just kind of the way it was. We, we had so much fun. We called these, uh, these little uh, cabins, we called them the crack houses. So we would tell parents, hey, we're going to go to this camp and we're, we're going to stay in crack houses. Um, and, and we made a whole documentary even about it too. You would go through all of these crazy things and then sometimes you're like, why am I here doing all of this stuff. There's spiders crawling around and all this sort of stuff. But then you would have moments within summer camp. And this is why we always went to summer camp, because we knew you could make in one week's time, in four days' time, in five days' time, you could make six months' worth of progress working with a teenager or, or a, a young adult and just seeing them take steps of faith. Why? Because all day long, we're living together, all right, experiencing life together. We're, we're getting in the Word together as a group. We're singing together. We have small groups where we can dialogue and talk back and forth. We also have alone time where we're, it's just us and God, and we're in God's Word every single day. And I would, it was like, no wonder, no wonder when you're living in community with other believers, when you're living in community and, and praising Jesus, and then you're also having that individual time together, it's no wonder God speaks at summer camp. Like, there's no wonder that God just kind of, wow, I kind of feel His presence even more. And we would have adults that would come at volunteers, and the, the volunteers would come and be like, oh my gosh, this, you know, we're up late, up early, and all these conditions. But by the end, they'd be like, we got to do something like this for adults, you know, this is awesome to get away. I heard from God. The adults go because they hear from God. I'm like, well, it's called be an adult chaperone for summer camp because you get away from all the stuff, no cell phone coverage, and you're just connecting with God and you're connecting with other people and you're growing. It's, it's a big deal. So I would tell students at the beginning of the week, I would say, you're going to get out of this what you put into it. And more than likely, I really believe God's going to speak to you during this week. So have your ears open. Have your eyes open. You're going to have a God sighting. And at the end of this week, I'm going to ask you, what'd you hear? What'd you see? What'd God speak? And we would get to the end of the week, and inevitably, surprise, surprise, God would show up and speak to people. By the end of four days, they're like, hey, I think this is what I need to do when I get home. This is how I need to take a next step. And all of that was beautiful and great. But I would tell them after that last session and before we went home, I said, you hearing from God is absolutely fantastic. But you need to know what's going to come next. 
God's going to test you to see if you're really going to do what, you say, what he told you to do and what you've said. So you want to get into the word more. You want, when you get home, hey, I want a closer connection with Jesus. I want, you know, I, I want to I get to know him better. And I want to get in the Bible more. I want to go to youth group more. I want to get in church more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. These are great things. But guess what? When you get home, you're going to get tested. Distractions are going to come your way. You're going to get pitted of, hey, oh, man, youth group's on this night. But my friends want me to go out too. Now I have a choice to make. You will get tested on whatever it is that God's calling you to do. He wants to, he wants to see. He wants to know. Different things you're going to be tested on. Now, this is a slight plug. i got a picture here I want to show you guys for parents in the room. This is something that is new. We wanted to do this back in 2020, uh, but when Mr. Seth first kind of came on board and then COVID hit. But um, we got a picture of uh, summer camp. we got summer camp that's coming. I think it's coming. Maybe. Is there no picture on there? No picture? Maybe go up above that? Well, regardless... Parents, uh, we are going to be getting information. This is going to be for elementary age kids, I think third grade and up. Um, I could be wrong on that, maybe first grade and up. But we're going to go to camp for a week in June. There it is. Registration will happen next month. We'll get you information on that. Why do I tell you this? I want your ears kind of tuned in because I know a lot of you, you're like, hey, we're going to start planning our summer vacation, which I want you to go on vacation, but I'd also like to have these dates ready for you. So within the next couple of weeks, we will nail down a date. Um, and also parents uh, or adults, we might want some people who want to get away for a week and spend some time investing in kids and loving on them and hearing from God and you growing in your own relationship. So we'll need some help in that area. But Mr. Seth and I and, and our church, we're excited to go on our first church summer camp. Uh, and get away for a few days and just see what God does as we love on these kids and invest in them. Um, and, and I know for myself, like my, my oldest is old enough to go on this and I'm a little bit nervous. I'm like, what? He can't do that. He's not old enough. But I want to see him grow up in his faith and I want to see him take, you know, a six months of spiritual growth in, in four or five days and just see what God does. Like I'm, I'm excited about that. So I put that up there just to let you know. But they, you, what I saw was people getting tested. Today, we're going to go through the school of faith, all right? So i got three things for you here, and maybe a bonus. But in the school of faith, you can expect tests from God, all right? If you're taking notes, expect tests from God, all right? Abraham got tested in his faith. Scripture gives us a few reasons why. Sometimes we want to know, why am I being tested? And I don't necessarily know that I can always pinpoint why you are getting tested or why am I getting tested, but you will be tested, and Scripture gives us one. One is to purify in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter says this. He says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold. What we've been talking about this year in 2022, faith and the different aspects of faith is worth more than anything you got in the bank account. Elon Musk, what he has in the bank account is nothing compared to your faith. Now, I know in our world that seems crazy, but in God's kingdom, it's backwards. Your faith and you growing in your faith is worth more than gold. 
So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So it may not show itself so much now, but Jesus and Peter's telling us here from what he knows from Jesus, like in eternity, this thing is, is, is huge. And so it's going to purify. It's going to refine some things that are going on in our lives. Sometimes it's meant to protect. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's talking about this thorn in his flesh. He's got this thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it is, but he was praying it away. God, just please take this, this thing out of me. And he says, so to keep me from, from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. All right. So he's saying this was, it was a message from Satan. The messenger from Satan, we don't know who that was or what that was, but like the UPS delivery guy was just, he was carrying the message. But the message, the contents, was actually from God, trying to protect Paul from becoming proud. And so he would not want that. He's asking for that to go away, and I think it's okay. Hey, God, I don't want this. Please take it away. But Paul saw in that moment, God's protecting me. So there are times when he is protecting you from something that you may not be ready to handle. And there was a a test in there. Expect tests from God. And here's the other thing. Because everything in life is a test. <laughs> Every, like, you change. You're not the same. The person you're married to, if you're married, they are not the same. If you have kids, they change. Your coworkers, they change. People change constantly. Life changes constantly. Your situation and circumstances, our world is changing constantly. And so anything that comes our way can serve as a test to how are we going to handle change. Some of us handle it better than others. (laughs) COVID was change. Some of us handled it better than others. And we all had moments where we handled it, hey, I'm handling it great. I'm not handling it great whatsoever. You're go- everything's a test. Every, everything is how, this has happened in my life. How am I going to now respond? Am I going to react or respond? Everything, expect tests from God. Second thing, tests in the school of faith, tests are meant to grow you. A test is meant to grow you, and growth requires challenge. Growth, if you want to grow, it's going to require challenge. Now, I could do this and say I'm doing a workout. My CrossFit people, am I, am I going to build muscle here? No. What do I need? Weights? And that weight is going to cause tension, muscle, yeah. But I need tension. I I need a challenge in order for muscles to grow. And for a lot of us, how silly would it be 
when we pick up a weight and we feel the tension, but we don't see the growth, and so we just put the weight down and expect to grow, which so many of us do. It's spring season right now. Now, am I, I don't know this. Some of y'all will know this. Can I plan anything yet? No, not yet. What do I have to wait till? I, after Mother's Day? Okay, after Mother's Day. Okay, fine. Let's say I wait until after Mother's Day and I have my seeds. Let's say today's after Mother's Day. Are those seeds going to grow? No. I got to I got to I got to bury some stuff here. I got to I got to I got to put it in a proper soil. Sometimes I need a little bit of fertilizer, a little manure to help these things grow. But even if I put it in the ground, if I get impatient because I don't see the results that I want to see right away, if every day I dig up the dirt and then I pick up the seed to say, hey, how are you doing? And then I put it back and then I, I keep up. I keep, that seed is not going to do anything. How silly would it be for a farmer to not let the dirt do its work? If I want to see a harvest, I'm going to have to let the dirt do the work. And sometimes that's in the unseen dark places of our lives. And God's trying to refine you, not to beat you down, but to grow you up to where you can be fruitful and multiply. Tests are never fun. Discipline is never fun in the moment. But in the school of faith, God will give you a pop quiz to say, hey, this is what you said you're going to love Los Alamos. Let's see. Let's put it to the test. It's meant to grow you. James, the brother of Jesus, he writes about this. He starts off his letter with this. He says, brothers and sisters, when troubles of any time, kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, hold, hold, hold. Like, what? I had a teenager one time come and he says, you know, my girlfriend broke up with me. And it says, whenever troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So I'm excited. I'm like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve, all right? But there's a perspective to this. I, you know, you're, if someone seriously in a, you know, is, is sick or has died, like, it's not to go and do cartwheels and rainbows and unicorns. Like, be you, be real. But he's also understanding when we go through life, there's something more to it. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it, say this next word with me, so let it grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. We, gotta let, we got to let tri trials into our lives if we want to grow. The guy, my, the guy who I get my personal training from, he's just a YouTube guy. <laughs> he looks ripped, so I'm like, he must know what he's talking about. He says, if you walk out of the gym looking pretty, you're not doing it right. You've, you've done it wrong. 
you've got to go in there and put it. It's going to be hard sometimes. In, in the school of faith, growth requires challenge, and it's hard. And many of us, as soon as it gets hard, as soon as a conflict arises in the church, we're out. It's easier to just not deal with the stuff. But what I want to, my, kind of my main point for today, is I want you to lean in. Because that's where the good stuff is at. If you deal with challenge and, and conflict in a healthy way, and you can really only control you, that's where the growth is. That's, that's where the good stuff is. And that's where God, I think, wants to lead you and I in church in our relationships, because so many of us, we're like, here's the situation. Here's what I don't want. Change her. Change, change them, God. Change the situation, please. But I started to learn when I'm in those moments, like, change me. Change me. When you get that mindset, God has something that he can work with now. God has something that he can, he can kind of start going through with. And in, 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 like in marriage, I'll, I'll just kind of do my little marriage seminar for now. Because we, a good marriage is going to know how to get in some good fights. Like every marriage is going to fight. You're going to fight. But marriages that can fight well grow stronger. A lot of us, we don't, we don't know, and that's another sermon for another time on how to fight well. You're going to fight, but if you can fight well, you can grow. And in fact, I would say marriage, God is, he, in a way, your spouse is supposed to get on your nerves, <laughs> In a way, your spouse is supposed to challenge you a little bit and, and, and be different from you. And so sometimes you're like, change them. Why? If they would just do this. And th what I have learned is marriage, God is, is, has not designed marriage to make you happy. He has designed marriage to make you better. And so when my, she's not in here right now, so I got to be careful on picking on, on Rita, but she, you know, it's meant to grind you. So there are things in my life that I'm like, I don't understand how she could think that or, or say that or, or those sorts of things. But when I start, when we start having conversations and I learn more about her and how she feels and how she understands, when I take time to have empathy and listen, even though we may not agree, I start to, I start to become better. I start to be able to love her more and have empathy. I can fight to be right, but I lose. Even if I am right. I lose because I'm about a relationship. It's meant to grow you and make you better and, and, and stand up. So to me, I want to lean in. When Reed and I get in a fight, and we do, I want to resist it because I hate conflict, but I have learned to lean in, to say, if we can work through this, if we can talk through this, there's something good here. And it doesn't have to just be marriage. It's any, any relationship. If we can lean in and we don't get into personal attacks and we can fight in a healthy way and talk through this and gain some understanding, we may not fully agree, but we can still love one another and grow from it. Churches are terrible at this. 
Because I said, life's changing all the time. Life is changing. It, churches hate change. You can walk in to some churches today and time warp back into the 60s or 70s because we have resisted change, all right? We have to fight against that all the time. It doesn't mean, well, we just change. The gospel stays the same. Loving people and biblical principles stay the same, but life is changing, and, and we have to figure out how are we supposed to reach this world? How are we supposed to love Los Alamos? And we're going to have to grow through change. And I know because I've been in a lot of church circles and we even have to deal with that today. I have to deal with it myself. I don't want to change, but I have to be open to it if I want to grow. Abraham, back to Abraham. We started with Abraham. He's in this moment. We learned last week in Genesis chapter 12 that God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you and all nations will be blessed through you. Age 75. Big problem, God. I'm 75. I don't, and, and 25 years later, this miraculous birth happens. Isaac. And, we're, and there's a whole series of events to get us there. He had to wait for 25 years. Now Isaac's born. Genesis 22. Sacrifice your son, your one and only son. I'm going to break that down even more next week, but let's just take this on the surface level. What? I have been waiting my whole life, God, and banking, not my whole life, last 25 years on this one promise. And now you're going to strip that away from me? You're going to take what you said and just totally wipe it out. Who are you? Because I've uprooted my whole family on this. I've banked everything on this. And now at the last minute, you're going to do this? Can we just put ourselves in the shoes to understand just how insane this request is from God? And for... Me, as I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at the test that you are facing and the test that I am facing, I'm questioning a lot. What are your motives, God? And in many ways, I'm questioning the situation and the next step of faith that you're asking me to, to walk through. And I'm saying, get me out of this now. And God's saying, exactly. trying to get, get you out of this. I want whatever the test that you're going through. He's trying to, to purify and get a little bit out of you so he can get a little bit more of him in there. This is an impossible situation, Abraham, and that's exactly the point. I'm trying to work some things out of you because we got some great work to do, but I'm only God's going to come in this situation. We got to get a test to see if one, if you're going to be faithful and trust me, 
but God's going to get the glory in this test, not you. And so we got to get you out so God can shine. This is an impossible situation. Why did he have to wait until he was 100 years old to even have Isaac? Well, there was no doubt in people's mind that it was a miracle baby. And so sometimes you're going to have to go through a fiery furnace, not necessarily understanding exactly why I'm on your team, but when other people see you walking through the fire, just like Nebuchadnezzar, oh my gosh, there's an extra person in there with them. That kind of looks like God in there with them in that fire. And I believe today through you, through the test, if we will lean into the test instead of running away from the conflict, understanding that God's trying to, to, to get you out and there's things for you because, hello, you're not perfect, grind some things out on you that people will see God through you. And so I know you're in a mess today. And I know you're in a trial and I know it, it, it hurts. And, I, and I'm not trying to wipe away the realness of the emotion from it because that's real too. But I want you today as Christians, as believers, to, to lean in a little bit more. Instead of God, get me out of this. God, what can I get out of this? What are you, what are you trying to teach me? Seek him, ask him, knock and the door will be open. What do you want to show me here? Because I'm open and I'm willing. We have this idea of love los alamos. It's in our DNA. It's who we want to be. Now, I like putting it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Looks great on a t-shirt. You guys are looking good with it on a t-shirt. But the reality of love los alamos <clears throat> versus the idea of love los alamos are two different things. Like my kids like the idea of a pet in our house and, and owning a pet, the reality of taking care of a pet is totally different. Dad, can we have a dog? Can we have a dog? Can we have a dog? No, no, uh-uh. I, 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 I go and I work out at the gym at 5.45 in the morning and I get back at 6.30 and I see all you crazy people freezing in your sweatpants, barely awake in your glasses, walking the dog. I'm like, I don't want any part of that because I would be the one doing that. Loving Los Alamos. It's great to go and be with people and bless people, but if we're really going to fulfill our mission as a church, which is to go to be a light in our, in our town, to go and reach the lost and share the gospel of Jesus with people, you're going to come across a giant mess. And oh, by the way, you're a mess too, and it's, it's hard, and there's going to be conflict, and there's, it's going to be messy, and I want to jump into that mess. I want, as Christians and as leaders, we're called to run towards it. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Abraham, he didn't, he didn't have it figured out, as we'll learn next week. I'll just give you a little bit of a clue. He said, we are going to worship and we are going to come back. He didn't know how. I don't know how, but we are going to come back. He, he knew 
some type of resurrection was going to come, come in place. He knew we were coming back. He knew, like, potentially in a strange way, I know this request is crazy, but I have been with you enough. I have heard your voice enough. I followed my own path and realized that that was really got me into a really bad path. But I fought, when I followed you, it went, led me the right way. So I'm, I'm trusting you, God, that even if the worst comes to worth and death were to happen, somehow you are going to bring a life back. And we're go- we will come back. We'll discuss that more next week because there's wording in there that we need to dig into. Lean in. Do hard things. Time under tension will grow you. Don't run away from what God is calling you to do. Because in the school of faith, as we close out, in the school of faith, you have an assignment. Your Lord, your Savior, has given you assignments. He has given you purpose and meaning to not just aimlessly and wander through and whatever, and anytime something feels uncomfortable or anytime something rubs you the wrong way, we're like, well, I just don't want to get outside my comfort zone. No, he's going to purposely put you in there so you can learn and grow. When I take my toughest moments that I've faced in life, and I put them into the hands of God, he can multiply and grow that time and time again, faster and quicker and exponentially more than I could ever think or imagine. You have an assignment. You have an assignment. And you have a good father who loves you. Let's stand, because I want to close on this. Jesus said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. I hate that verse. I hate that verse. And he doesn't say, well, you're going to have some trouble. He says you're going to have many. Ah, gosh, I really hate that verse. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The lifeblood of faith that flows through the person of faith, the lifeblood that just flows through their veins, doesn't anchor in on explanations. It anchors in on promises. You anchor in on the promises of God. What's the promise that I have? That everything's going to be rainbows, unicorns, and gumdrops? Nope, never once in Scripture. The promise that you have from Jesus is that He is with you. I am with you till the end of the stage. I am with you through the test. And I will redeem it. I have the power to take anything evil and turn it into good. The messenger was from Satan, the thorn in the flesh, but I can take that into the contents that I want and use it for good. That's the promise that we have, that he is working on your behalf. You anchor in the lifeblood of the person of faith, anchors in on promises. And I will take a next step of faith anchored on the promise, not on my feelings, not on my circumstances, or not on the explanations, because you're not promised those. So Freedom Church, we are called to go love Los Alamos. And that's our mission. Love Los Alamos by helping, by taking the next step of faith 
in your relationship with Jesus. When you take your step of faith and you will get tested on it, when you take that, people are going to see Jesus through you. And that's what I want. Let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.